HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Sarah Kim, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. Hi, I'm Mike Schreiber. Welcome to The Shameless Chef, the show that takes us back in time to home kitchens in the 1970s, but still has a lot to teach us today. I developed this show with Michael Davenport in 1977. He was the original host of The Shameless Chef, and he shared his fearless attitudes towards food and encouraged home cooks to have fun and take some risks in the kitchen. I'm excited to keep this legacy alive and share The Shameless Chef with you on Heritage Radio Network. Today is about treating yourself with stories about mouthwatering delights like truffles and lobsters and skirt steak. In the late 1980s, I was in New York on business, and we were staying at the Carlisle Hotel in Manhattan. For those not familiar with the Carlisle, it's a fairly ritzy hotel whose claim to fame, at least back then, was that President John F. Kennedy would stay there with some frequency. Keep in mind that I was on an expense account, so that's the only reason I was there, other than the fact that my coworker Jeff, recommended it. For dinner, I ordered fettuccine alfredo and the waiter very casually asked if I wanted to try the shaved truffles. Immediately, my alarm bells began to blast in my head. I was remembering the Shameless Chef episode about truffles. My curiosity was always piqued by the idea, but I'd never had the occasion to try them since they're rather outrageously priced. So as soon as the waiter suggested truffles, I instantly said yes. And as I said, I was on an expense account. He then delicately shaved about 10 wafer-thin slices of the truffles over my fettuccine, and the aroma was as powerful in my olfactory senses as it was in the memory of Michael. That synergy of memory along with reality was so filled with nostalgia and anticipation. Well, the truffles were everything I expected and more. I've since only had truffles a few times, but I do use truffle oil in my mac and cheese. It's actually a recipe we used in my old restaurant. It's made with white cheddar, smoked gouda, and truffle oil. It was by far one of our favorites. And by the way, that same night at Carlisle, for the first time I tried a half bottle of Sauterne, and to this day it's the finest dessert wine I've ever had. Oh my, what a night. And all thanks to the imagination of Michael Davenport. What are truffles, you might ask? They are expensive and they are grand. 
this is the shameless chef. Truffles are the fruit of a fungus that grows underground, mostly in France. Those little black thingams you see in pâté de foie gras are truffles. They're the best argument I can think of for buying something outrageously costly to be used rarely and for tremendous effect. Truffles, if you can find them, cost an arm and a leg, and I don't recommend them for a family on a food budget. As far as the palate is concerned, truffles don't quite go with hamburger helper. But if you want to really impress someone, serve just the tiniest snippet of truffle on Eggs Benedict, or put a fleck or two in a white sauce. The flavor is unforgettable, and nothing can quite duplicate it. Further, it is virtually impossible to describe the flavor of truffles on radio. They're the most unlikely food in the world, what is more. In the Piedmont and Perigord regions of France grow certain kinds of oak trees. On the roots of these trees grows a fungus. This fungus bears a sort of olive black fruit. Somewhere, sometime, someone discovered it was good to eat. They're underground, these fungi. Specially trained sows root around in the ground and uproot truffles. Mind you, not just any pig can be used. They use sows because they're gentler and they train easier. Now, it must be obvious that a sow trained to uproot truffles is a very rare breed indeed. Now, it doesn't take a production and marketing expert to figure out that something that grows unseen, under the ground, only on the roots of special oak trees, only in limited areas in France, and can only be harvested by specially trained sows, is going to be pretty expensive by any marketing standard and therefore about as costly as something you would keep in a bank vault. But as I say, if you feel terribly opulent, are terribly esoteric in your taste, are the world's biggest show-off, or are rich, try a garni of truffles on your dinner guests some evening. The cachet is quite remarkable. This is Michael A. Davenport, The Shameless Chef. I guess Wilde was right. If you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. Guess who's coming to dinner? Somebody special. So you'll want to do something special for him. Who is it? It's you. You're dining alone. Be good to yourself. You're entitled. From time to time, everybody dines alone. Your roommate, partner, husband, wife, consort, choose one of the above, is uh, out of town, mad, has a club meeting, a Boy Scout meeting, a clandestine meeting, choose one of the above. And you don't want to go out or resort to that last resort, the fast food emporium. So think of it this way, dining alone. Not grabbing a cheese sandwich at the kitchen counter, that's tacky. First, choose your favorite thing, probably something you rarely have with anybody else. A liver, the world's biggest can of tuna, a broiled chop that thick. This is the time to indulge that craving. You pick up what you want at your favorite market on the way home. Before you go to the kitchen, take time to kick off your shoes, change your clothes, take a shower, choose one of the above. Anything that will change your mood the way that you change scenery. Then set the table as you would for famous company. Best china and flatware, napkin, wine glass, a flower, even light a candle. Make your favorite thing in the kitchen, serve forth with style. Put on your favorite records, or your favorite radio station, or the tube, or prop that book or magazine in front of you and enjoy dining alone. After all, who's better company than you? 
So put yourself in a celebrity frame of mind. I, for one, like dining alone now and then. I thought I'd share the idea with you. My name, by the way, is Michael A. Davenport, sometimes called the Shameless Chef. Proceed. This is the Shameless Chef. I have a letter before me that asks, what is a skirt steak? Is it something that only comes from female cows? Is it short or long? Does it have a hem, a, a ruffle? Well, there is such a thing as a skirt steak, a quite ordinary and delicious thing indeed, which is more than I can say for my correspondent's wit. The skirt steak is probably called that because it's at the very bottom of the beef's rib cage. It comes from the same general steer anatomy as the flank steak and is indeed similar in texture and flavor, which is to say, delicious. In my youth, our family referred to the skirt steak as butcher steak because it was generally thought that it was such a choice cut of meat that the butcher took it home for his family rather than selling it. There are only two skirt steaks to each beef, which means they are rare as well as choice, and if I were a butcher, I would indeed save it for myself. In these days of economizing in the market and in the kitchen, we'd be well advised to consider the flank and or skirt steak as a main dish because it's comparatively modest in price uh, compared to a lot of other cuts. The flank steak has become very popular of recent years, being grilled and served in restaurants as London broil. Ever wonder why those slices are so tiny? It's because the flank steak, or the skirt steak, is only as thin as your hand and is sliced diagonally. Before you do that, though, you need to cook it, and here's how. The best and only way is quick. Because the meat is thin, it needs very little time under the broiler or over the coals, five to seven minutes for rare. Flank steak can be rolled and skewered and cooked like a small roast as well. Or it can be stuffed with the sort of bread stuffing you'd use for fowl. Or it can be marinated and then broiled or flash fried. Or it can be given an oriental touch by marinating it in teriyaki sauce. I like skirt steak simply allowed to come to room temperature, rubbed with garlic, salted and peppered with coarse ground pepper, and charbroiled. Then serve it sliced thinly and diagonally and piping hot with natural meat sauce or clear beef gravy. Sensational. No, the skirt steak has no gender, but great flavor for hearty appetites. Michael A. Davenport here. Whether the skirt steaks go up or down, the price is worth it. Cheers. Stay with us for more of The Shameless Chef after a short break. My name is Sarah Kim, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Wisconsin cheese has proven time and time again to be a delicious expression of craft, hard work, and tradition. As a Cheeselandian, I am able to share a Gouda experience with fellow cheese and food lovers nationwide, as well as connect with cheese producers and cheesemongers, taking my love of cheese to another level. I invite you to join Cheeselandia because during these difficult times, it has been even more important to take it easy and get cheesy. The Cheeselandia community and events have been the glue helping to keep us together and connected, and I would love it if you would join me. And let's face it, if you hear the word cheese and get a little hungry, then you've found a place you can call home. To find out more about Cheeselandia, go to cheeselandia.com. We're back with The Shameless Chef. I don't care what anybody tells you, and I give not a hoot if caffeine drives you up the wall and across the ceiling. 
I'm not concerned with commercials featuring ersatz doctors that advise against the horrors of caffeine addiction. Coffee, to me, is a source of pure pleasure, and I'd like to talk about it. <laughs> this is The Shameless Chef. Join me for a coffee clatch. If the discussion of coffee, indeed the consumption of coffee, offends you, I'm glad. I happen to be the sort of gink who cannot begin to view the world without close to a pot of hearty, yea, strong coffee. It's as much a part of getting ready for the world as toothbrushing and showering. But further, I drink an alarming amount of coffee during the day. Eight hours of coffee break, you might say, and uh, there are those who have so implied. I also am blessed with the ability to drink coffee in the evening right up to bedtime and still sleep like an innocent. You might say I'm a coffee maven. I've been known to consume instant coffee in moments of extreme desperation, like running out or given no choice, and I don't mind it. It is coffee. But the customary brewing of ground or powdered coffee in suitable hot water to create a dark brown brew is one of the joys that Providence has given us. Now, this is me merely, but I indulge myself when it comes to the buying and brewing of coffee. I buy the best available. I will not economize a few pennies here or there, even in these days of rocketing prices. I, I also take pains brewing coffee, even in the morning when nearly somnambulistic. For, for evening coffee, particularly with dinner guests, I do the whole bit, measure out the custom-blended and roasted beans, grinding them fresh and brewing the coffee with the care and attention of a chemist. I think that after-dinner coffee should be something else uh, away from breakfast coffee. It should have heft and rich flavor and more-than-average strength and liberal ceremony. Uh, no, no, you're wrong. I go to the same trouble when I'm brewing coffee for myself only. Now, if you're economy-minded, think of it this way. An extra dollar or so for a pound of coffee translates to about a penny a cup. And where can you derive so much pleasure for mere pennies? <laughs> Michael A. Davenport here, an orthodox, devout, card-carrying coffee nut. Salud. Let's consider eavesdropping on conversations. Now, this could be a dream sequence. You see a group of people at a bus stop deep in discussion, shaking their fingers at one another, discussing the state of the nation. Imagine two people in a penthouse dining situation. Are they murmuring sweet nothings? This is the shameless chef. All those people, including possibly those who are huddled in the middle of a football field, are discussing the right way to cook a lobster. The way to cook a lobster is like the recipe for the perfect martini. I remember hearing about a survival kit that consisted of some gin, some vermouth, a pitcher, and some glasses. The principle was this. No matter where you were marooned, be it a, a steamy jungle or a, a misplaced iceberg, if you got out your martini survival kit and started to mix it, someone, somewhere, would appear to tell you how to do it. <laughs> well, the same, I'm afraid, is true of lobsters. Everybody has their own pet way and their own pet prejudice about what waters the creature should come from, how it should be packed for shipping, if indeed it should be shipped at all. Uh, should it be with seaweed or no? Uh, should it be boiled or, or broiled or, or toasted or, or sautéed? I've even seen articles on the most humane way to cook a lobster, and I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot fishing pole. Now, there are West Coast lobsters. Spiny they are, like the French langoustes. Uh, there are lobsters from the rock-bound coasts of New England, reputed to be the best. There are those who prefer one gender of lobster over another. Some lobsters have claws, some don't. Some contend the claws are the best part. Others say the lesser legs are best. 
Okay, join in these huddles of discussion all you wish and take any side of the argument you wish. I think you'll agree with me that lobsters are delicious beyond qualification. Uh, allergies aside, of course. And, you know, we forget about lobsters from time to time. I do anyway, unless I'm in New England or unless I'm away from New England. And I take these moments to opine thus, uh, simply to, to remind us all that lobsters are there almost anywhere, air freight being what it is, but then uh, the lobster takes to freezing and canning well with little or no loss in flavor or delight. Now, this is the, the shameless chef, elsewise known as Michael A. Davenport. I'll not argue with you about how to cook lobsters, but I'll join you when they're cooked. Ciao. Please, subscribe to The Shameless Chef wherever you get your podcasts. The voice you heard throughout this episode was Michael Davenport, the host of The Shameless Chef, who unfortunately passed in 1985, but lived a truly vibrant life. The Shameless Chef is produced by Dylan Hoyer and me, Mike Schreiber, with podcast development and additional production by Kat Johnson. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. The original theme song for The Shameless Chef was composed by Chip Davis. Armin Spengen composed the theme music for this podcast. The Shameless Chef is powered by Simplecast. The Shameless Chef is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.